Ho, 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 bitches. You dirty dirties. It's your boy. This episode of the SBP is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor Anchor.fm is where you want to go if you want to do a podcast. That's right. Join the millions. I think it's millions at this point of people that have uh, decided to do a podcast. Uh, Go to Anchor.fm to get started. Download it to your phone. Download it to, to your computer. It's very easy. There's super easy editing and creation tools you can do it right on your phone or your PC. They load it up onto the interwebs and all the um, podcast platforms such as Spotify and Google, Apple Podcasts. And it's free. Uh, and if you do it right, you can make some money with advertising and with a um, minimum zero listenership minimum. Meaning you don't have to have people, a whole gang of people listening to your podcast, just generous folks. So get started today. Go to anchor.fm to get started. I got dates. I got dates. I got dates. I got dates. Uh, what do we got? Um, uh, next thing I got in the new year, um, January 6th, celebrating the uh, one-year anniversary of the insurrection, I guess. We'll be doing the Bistro in Hayward, California. The Boyles Bistro blowout is back, Busters. And uh, we'll be there doing some comedy. We got Jay Rich headlining. I don't know how I got him, but I got him. (laughs) Uh, January 14th, I'll be up in the North Bay at uh, Three Disciples in Santa Rosa. Uh... Then January 15th, just added, I'll be in Sacramento. I'm coming to Sacramento, finally, um, at the Barbecue and Burger Smokehouse in Sacramento. I'll be there. Uh, that's uh, January 15th. And then January 20th, I'll be at Murphy's Law Irish Pub in Sunnyvale. That's what I got so far, ladies and gentlemen, into the new year. Not much, but it's getting there. And as always, and as always, Music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast, not necessarily owned, copyrighted, or trademarked by me, Sean Boyles, or the Sean Boyles podcast. It is what it is. Let's do the show! It's the Sean Boyles podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, burrito. Ho, 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 bitches. Happy, uh, happy holidays to you. I hope uh, you have a good one. I hope you get to see some family. And if you're being careful and safe, I hope you don't see your family and don't get anybody sick. Because uh, Mothracron, or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, the Comic-Con COVID is coming to get you. So uh, be careful out there. Uh, how you doing, dirties? Uh, episode 120. Episode 120. Plugging along, doing the thing. 
Uh, how you been, man? Um, lots to get to today. Lots of shit went down. I had a few shows that I'm going to recap. And then um, things that I saw and things that happened. Uh, no reaction of the week this week. Um, again, the, the the charts are chock full of... Uh, Charts are chock full of Christmas songs. These uh, download scenarios are goofy. Streamings is fucking up the charts, yo. Um, although uh, Mariah Carey did knock Adele out of uh, out of the top spot, I don't know how I don't know how they're counting that though because I did see a thing. It said you know she's on top of the charts for like Adele on top of the charts for like what like ten weeks, twelve weeks. I forgot what it said. It said something astronomical, and I was like, oh, it's been that long? Anyway, so no reaction of the week, but I do got a little uh, special Christmas thing I want to play since we are creeping up on it. Uh, so let's uh, let's recap the week. Um, on um, So I was listening to, oh, did I see it online or did I see it on a podcast? I might have heard it on his podcast that uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, comedian, uh, Emmy Award-winning writer, uh, he wrote on that show Crashing and a bunch of other things. I think he wrote on Ellen, too, the Ellen show. Um, He uh, was going to be in San Jose at the San Jose Improv. Uh, He had said it on his podcast, but and his podcast comes out on Tuesday. I might have watched it or listened to it on that Wednesday or maybe even the Thursday uh, when the the day of me recording the podcast last. Uh, but then I saw online that the, the shows that he was doing were going to be free. They were giving away tickets for free. It was a free show, San Jose Improv, to see Greg Fitzsimmons. And I thought, oh, this is fucking rad. But I forgot when he when the end. That uh, when I saw that online and I went and reserved myself a ticket because I had nothing to do Friday night, especially with the the wife being out of town still on her cross-country trip, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, I was like, fuck it. I'll go San Jose Improv and watch a fucking monster, big dog comic throw down. And uh, I was not disappointed. I learned that... Um, Jeff, uh, comedian Jeff or comedic actor comedian Jeff Garland was supposed to be at the San Jose Improv this uh, this past weekend, but had canceled, and he canceled because apparently he's being canceled. Now, I don't, I didn't look up the details, and I don't know if there is any details, but he uh, he's on a show on HBO called The Goldbergs, and he got fired from that show, and they're alleging, you know. Uh, misconduct and foul play, right? Um, I don't know anything about him. I don't know about him. I just, you know, know what I've heard from people that are talking about this thing, and uh, and it sounds like that it's uh, sort of misconstrued or misconstrived or um, something's amiss about it because apparently he's one of the nicest guys in entertainment. And he's a hugger. He hugs everybody. So maybe he hugged somebody and they felt uncomfortable and complained. And then all of a sudden you got a fucking a charge. Um, 
like I said, I don't know, and maybe there are details out there, and I just haven't checked them out or bothered to look it up. But uh, this is why Greg Fitzsimmons was at the San Jose Improv instead of Jeff Garland. Uh, they would honor your tickets, or you can get your money back. Um, but I'd have never seen Jeff Garland stand up. However, I don't know, in my opinion, probably a pretty nice upgrade to see Fitz dog and, um, you know, see him live in, in doing the thing. Uh, he fucking, he just murdered, uh, props out to my, uh, my comic friend, uh, Jeanette Marin, who was the host for the, for the night and for the whole weekend, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday and, uh, and British John. Uh, British John did very well, despite I've never seen him do well at an open mic. <laughs> That's terribly awful, but true. So, um, but he did well, and he was very British, and that seemed to um, get the crowd laughing. Uh, Jeanette had a good set, and I know her material, and it's strong, um, but didn't really... Um, you know, she was getting laughs, but she wasn't getting good big laughs, you know. Not like I've seen her do. You know, I've never seen her bomb, but and then she didn't bomb, but she didn't do as well as you'd hope a host to do. Uh but then Fitzsimmons came on it, you know. So Janet Janet did like fifteen minutes and then uh uh or or ten or fifteen and then John did fifteen or twenty and then, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons did an hour and just murdered just super strong material, you know, kind of local stuff to start off like you do. It was just a clinic in being a fucking headlining pro comic, you know, sort of touch on local things that are happening that, that you found out. Oh, San Jose is one of those towns that seems like a blah, 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 blah. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, he, he got us. He nailed it. Oh, you, oh, you Fitz dog, you, you got him. You know what I mean? So he kind of did some of that, like, you know, really, really hitting hitting some buttons for the San Jose crowd and then did his material, pulled out a piece of paper, and he said, hey, you know what? I got some new stuff that I want to try. You know, some of this stuff I just wrote down today, you know, I want to see if it works. And and uh, most of it worked. And, you know, one of them, he's like, ah, I got to work that one out. You know, like he didn't feel like it was strong enough. But what also was cool, he did some material that I've heard him flirt with on his podcast. Uh, one of them being a, uh, about six months ago or so, uh, maybe not even that long. Um, a bit of his was getting floated around the internet from some of the bigger comics, you know, Rogan and Segura and, uh, Bert and Bill Burr. And, uh, they were showing this one clip of him doing this bit about, um, finding the cure for COVID if you were quarantining and you 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 stumbled upon the cure by fucking your dog, I know that sounds crazy, but that's the bit, and it's a brilliant bit. But apparently, there was a South Park episode that sort of had the same sort of idea, and he has been doing the bit for a lot longer than when the South Park episode uh, came out, and then people started criticizing him for copying. Uh, South Park when in fact it's just similar thinking he was doing his thing they put out an episode and it's not necessarily the same but it was sort of doing something heinous to find the uh, cure you know accidentally doing something heinous and finding the cure so um, 
He did that bit. And then he did another bit that I heard him talk about, um, about the Redskins and just kind of sports in general. That was fucking hilarious. So um, anyway, so stoked that I could see, you know, a big, I should go, you know, I've been telling myself and, 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 you know, especially since, you know, a couple weeks ago when I got fucking schooled on a, you know, on a bill I shouldn't have been on and everybody just fucking murdered. And I just kind of went, eh, um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, and I kind of told myself, all right, I gotta, I gotta I'm going to pay more attention to this. I'm going to, you know, try to write some better material. I'm going to hit more mics. Uh, <laughs> just, just not enough hours in the day, man. Um, I did slap hands with, with, uh, Fitzsimmons after the show, he was selling his buttons and, uh, he did a, he did a bidet bit and I have a bidet bit and I was like, Hey man, I might have to shit can my bidet bit cause your bidet bit's way better. And he's like, ah, there's plenty of bidet bits out there. He's all, but I'm probably going to get rid of mine. <laughs> like I go, why? It's fucking great. Um, so anyway, uh, just cool to see, you know. A fucking pro, you know what I mean? A fucking real, real pro. Uh, that was Friday night. Uh, and then after uh, after that show, as I was coming up, um, coming back home, coming through the East Bay uh, from, from the South Bay, I stopped at the, uh, the Vikings Motorcycle Club, does a monthly comedy show at their clubhouse. Uh, Jimmy Meninese started that. Uh, they were doing that, you know, pre- Pre-COVID, and then the Vikings lost their clubhouse and didn't have a clubhouse. And now that things are kind of crawling back to normal, they've been uh, in their new clubhouse doing the comedy show again. It was before it was an open mic, and kind of every derelict that would, you know, hungry for stage time was showing up and realizing that they might have made a mistake because it's really hard to do comedy in front of bikers. Um, Because <laughs> they're intimidating, I guess. For most, uh, most comics, most people that are maybe, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say square, but you know, square, <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, I've, I've, I've hit that open mic a few times and, um, I've done well at it. Those guys like me for whatever reason. I think it's because I just go after them and talk shit right to them. Um, so uh, that's always fun, but I see comics go up there and like, uh, and they they make the mistake and say biker gang, which oh no 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 you do not say biker gang, they are not a gang they are a club, gangs are criminal. Um, so then in order to keep from being criminal, they call themselves uh, a club. Uh, but yeah, I you know so I I hit up Jimmy. I was like, hey dude, I'm gonna stop by. And if I can get, you know, if I can get a spot, that'd be great. Because it's a showcase. But he does a showcase, and then if comics show up, he'll let people go up after the showcase and do some time. And uh, that's kind of what I was hoping for. But I kind of got there almost too late because Jimmy was having to really stall uh, and do time. Um, I guess no other comics showed up, so I was the only one. So the the, the headliner was done already, and Jimmy was just kind of stalling until I got there. And then basically as soon as I got there, he brought me up. So, And I didn't know who headlined, but I um, – oh, my God, I forgot his name. He goes by Suit Man. 
I don't think he's a. I don't think he's based here in the Bay Area. I think he's based up north, like Seattle or Portland or something. He's not from. Yeah, he might be from here originally, or at least from like the Sacramento area. But he was down here, and he's got gotten booked on a bunch of stuff because I've been seeing his mug on a few flyers. And fuck if I can't remember his name. He goes by Suit Man, and I think it's somebody the Suit Man. I, I could have that wrong, and I fucking hate that I can't remember people's names after I meet them. Uh, but I have met him before because he did look familiar, but he was there, and he had a nice suit on and his shiny shoes, and he looked all dapper, and I didn't realize that he was one of the comics. Well, I figured he was one of the comics, but I didn't know he was the headliner, and I kind of noticed him. I was like, look at this guy, you know, because, again, I got there super late, and I just started shitting on him in his suit, and then Jimmy was like, I can't believe you just fucking roasted my headliner i go look what the fuck he's wearing i don't give a shit you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know you know what i mean i guess i don't know are people like are there people that i'm not supposed to fuck if i see something that catches my attention is there um am i not supposed to depending on what it is say anything about it i don't know i haven't figured that out yet maybe i'm too fucking stupid as a comic still i don't know but um I do think I want to start doing, um, I think I want to start trying more crowd work because I believe I might be better at crowd work than my material. And I'm only basing that on when I have a conversation with people and how quick I'm able to make people laugh just in conversation. And I've always been able to do that, even when I was a children's. You know, it's what I got in trouble for in all of school was fucking talking too much and making everybody laugh. It's literally been the thing that has uh, been a thorn in the sides of every teacher I've had. And I think that um, if I can turn that wit into material somehow... Uh, and just sort of tap into it. I mean, I don't think my material's terrible, but it's not good. I want it to be better. And uh, in fact, I even wrote because I know in listening to Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast, I know that he 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 claims and he always says I read every email and I will answer every email or letter that is sent to me. So I emailed him and just hit him up for some advice. Um. Should I read what I wrote him? Let's see if I can find it. I didn't plan on doing this, but... Oh, my God, I'm going off script. There's no script, people. There's no script! Uh, Let's see here. Sent emails. All right. Here's what I wrote, Greg Fitzsimmons. And maybe I'm fucking being ridiculous. Um, I said, Fitch dog! Because I'm a fucking cheesy dick. Uh, Thank you for coming through the Bay Area and putting on a clinic on how stand-up should be done. You looked cute with your old man turtleneck and your peaky blinders hat. He was wearing a turtleneck and he had one of them little paperboy hats. Um, I've been a fan, but I definitely became a bigger fan after this show. Um, I caught the early Friday show and I talked to you briefly uh, after about how I need to shit-can a bidet bit I'm working on. Since you have one that's similar and way the fuck better than mine. And your crowd work was so good. 
you were getting some gems. He did. He was getting uh like he'd ask a question and he'd just get just like the fucking softball lob of an answer to just crank one out of the park. It was brilliant. Um, I also enjoyed hearing the COVID cure bit because fuck South Park and the Redskins rape and pillage bit because he was talking about how Redskins and and Vikings and Raiders and Buccaneers raping and pillage. It was a fucking hilarious bit. I'm sure I just fucking ruined his bit for him. Um, Um. um, I mentioned that to you as well uh, because I had heard you flirting with the ideas on your podcast, which I also dig. Now that I've brown-nosed you long enough, I wanted to ask. I'm sure you get asked comedy advice all the time, but I'm struggling with getting over that four- to five-year hump. I got a decent 10 to 15, and I think I'm close to finding my voice and niche, but I feel like my wit is way better than my material. But I never do crowd work because when I do, I end up just getting mean and brutal and not funny like I usually would be in conversation or if I'm holding court. How can I turn the wit into a better thing for the stand-up? I have a big I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude about the whole thing, but nonetheless... um, Oh, I, I can't even read what the fuck I wrote... Um, I have a big, I don't give a fuck attitude about the whole thing, but not on the reckless end, more in the, I do it for me, regardless of what anyone thinks, but I still want to be as good as, uh, life and time will allow me to be. I'm 47, recently married, run my own unlicensed business, and I have been playing in bands and clubs since I was 14. I have no dreams or desire to make it in quotes. Um, as a comic, but I want to get better. I chased that dream as a musician and got really close, but I paint houses for a living now. Uh, I still play, but now it's for the love of the game, and I bring that attitude to doing stand-up. Sorry for the long email, and I appreciate any gems of wisdom you can offer. Um, And I'm waiting for a response. Whether I get one or not, who knows, but it is cool to... um, to reach out to a guy in, uh, in hopes that he uh, has something for me. Uh, so that was, you know, like I said, the show was fucking awesome. And then we do the Vikings. I did okay. Close out the thing. Uh, the fucking Vikings tell Jimmy, hey, make sure Sean is on the next show or a show coming up. You know, we love it when he comes down, which is also fucking rad. Uh, so that was... Um, that was Friday. And then Saturday night, the big show, Hazards at the Caravan with uh, Dolores and Wartug. Now, Dolores, our guitar player, Joey, that's in Hazards with me, and he was also, when I was in Insolence, he was our guitar player. Uh, Joey has another band called Dolores. Dolores is more more straight-up hardcore, even flirts with a little bit of death metal Um and uh, they're getting a lot of fucking notice, uh, but they were kind of a, a fill-in on the show. It was supposed to be Drawing Heaven, and Drawing Heaven committed to the show before uh, they asked the rest of the band, so they had to back out. So Dolores took their place, but they didn't want a headline like Drawing Heaven would have, you know, because it should have been Hazards opening up, War Tongue, and then uh, Drawing Heaven. That should have been the bill, but... Um, Dolores didn't want to fill that same spot, so 
They asked if they can open, and I was like, I don't give a shit. Hazards will play last. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's the caravan. It's not like it's fucking the Coliseum and, you know, we're headlining a fucking major spot. Although we don't really have a set list long enough to even sit in a proper headlining slot. But it didn't matter because it was all friends. Wartong, uh, my man Keith Brinkley, the fucking baddest fucking bass player I've ever played with. He was playing bass in Insolence with us. Um, at that last sort of go, uh, the last thing we recorded that has never seen the light of day is him playing on there. And, uh, he has this band, uh, war tongue that he started doing since then. And it's fucking great. It's that perfect sort of brackish water. Um, they got two, uh, they got a single and a EP on, uh, on Apple music. So look up war tongue and, um, it's I I told him that because I hadn't listened I remember listening to the single a while ago and then I hadn't listened to the EP because I didn't even know they had one and I just happened to look and because I wanted to hear that single again and then I saw that they had an EP got super stoked listened to that thing like fucking three or four times because it's so good and I told him straight out I go you guys are my fucking new favorite local band now I mean this stuff is great it's the perfect brackish water of punk post hardcore uh rock kind of this weird brackish what that think um think like refused or uh, planes mistaken for stars there's a little bit of hot snakes in there even um maybe even some snapcase like just a nice sort of you can't really figure out what the fuck this kind of music is and that's my favorite brackish water is the that that soup of post hardcore, um, post punk rock, you know, flirts with metal, flirts with maybe even doom, but not really. Just you know, airs to it sometimes. You know, like I just love that that kind of uh, that 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 kind of stuff. You know, and uh, these guys are definitely and it's what we're trying to make hazards do. That we're still trying to figure that out. I think we got a little bit more uh, bad brains in us and we're a little looser because they were tight. War Tongue was tight. Um, So anyway, just it was a great show. Friday night or Saturday night was fucking awesome. It was nice to do a show. Tons of people were there for all three bands. It wasn't like somebody showed up for one band and left. Um, So that was cool. And I got to first of all, I got to prop out the caravan. Um they were voted this year best dive bar in San Jose or in the San Jose area. Um, uh, the manager of the place, uh, my girl, Rachel, uh, Rachel was voted uh, best bartender in San Jose. So fucking props to her. And then a big props to Mondo, uh, sort of the guy that's um, sort of doing sound and, and, and checking the back door and helping out with, uh, with whatever the bands need. Um, and he said he had listened to the podcast before, so uh, props out to Mondo. Although, although in the very beginning of the show when we were showed up, so we get told to show up at nine o'clock to start bringing stuff in. I got there. We got there about eight forty-five. We're there for a little while, and I'm like, "All right, can we start bringing stuff in?" And I go to, at the time, not knowing his name, uh, a guy that was you know kind of setting up the PA, and I was like, "Hey, you know." Can we start bringing gear in? And he kind of snapped back at me and was like, we're not ready yet. It's like, oh, okay. Sorry, sir. Um, so I just went back outside and waited. And then, we, you know, when they were ready for us, he said, all right, man, you guys can start bringing stuff in. 
Um, and then uh, uh, I started talking to him, and he, he realized who I was. I guess he recognized me from doing the open mic there when they were doing the open mic at the caravan and um, and just knows me from, you know. A lot of my music playing has been San Jose based, especially in the last few years. So uh, uh, I think he recognized me from that and just recognized me from being a comic. And um, he definitely got way cooler <laughs> after he realized who I was. Uh, not that I'm anybody. I'm fucking, I'm a nobody. But, uh, you know, I made him laugh a couple times and got shit looser. And then um, things were cool. Uh, then he, I guess he was shorthanded, so he asked me to actually help out with the sound, which I was happy to do. It's just a little mixer, you know, three mics, three channels, big deal. You know what I mean? Easy, easy peasy. Uh, pretty loud, pretty loud PA uh, for the, especially for the vocals, uh, considering the size of it, and um, you know, and how loud bands tend to play these days. Especially Hazards. Like, apparently, Hazards was really, really loud. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking take the blame for that just because I play drums like a goddamn gorilla, and um, every band I've ever played with has to fucking turn up because I'm a loudy face. So, uh, but yeah, props out to Mondo for um, for helping us out there. And then uh, so that's Saturday, and then Sunday, um, I was thankful I had a day off Saturday. I could lounge around. Um, you know, took my time emptying the van, you know, empty the van, get all the paint gear out and then load drums into it, you know, and then, um, go down to the place, load some more stuff in there. So that was fine. But, um, and then Sunday got, had nothing to do. Just sat around, literally sat around all day. No pants day it was fucking great. It was fucking great. Um, and then I watched, um, so this weekend, Starting, I guess, Friday night, or maybe I even maybe even starting Thursday night. Uh, it was the uh, Metallica 40th anniversary, um, and in doing so, they did this what called they called the San Francisco Takeover. Um, there was a bunch of uh, clubs and bars and venues that were dedicated to celebrating Metallica all weekend long. Um, all star bands were put together. Um, some of them with guys in Metallica, uh, mainly Kurt, uh, Kurt Hammett and, uh, Robert Trujillo, um, and my man, Mark Asagata from Death Angel, they had a little, little band that they put together and they just ran a bunch of covers. I guess they did that at the Fillmore, um, like really late after the Metallica show on Friday night, which was at the Chase Center where it's where the Warriors play in San Francisco, their new their new arena. So, um, and then uh, I guess it was broadcast. That first night was broadcast on Roku TV somehow, and uh, and, uh, and and Amazon and a bunch of spots. They were like, you could if you got it, you had to catch it live. They weren't going to rebroadcast it. You can't fucking find it on YouTube except for in little clips, maybe. But they had the whole thing. That you could watch live. And so it was the live feed from the show. And I didn't know that for... Well, I wouldn't have been able to check out Friday night. Because I was uh, watching Fitz Dog at, at the Improv. But uh, they did it again on Sunday. And I watched it. And uh, 
So the, the big thing was they were doing two different sets. They were, the set that they were going to do Friday night was not going to be anywhere near the set that they were, excuse me, the set that they were going to do uh, Sunday night. And um, I don't know what they did on Friday night, but what they did on Sunday, they started with their newest material and they worked their way backwards playing, you know, one to two to three songs off of each record. And and then in the middle they like they got three songs in and then they did Am I Evil, which is a cover that they did, you know, that was on the re release of their first record. And um I mean I'd already noticed some wonkiness. Like the kick drums were really, really loud. And my man's Lars's rhythm is not good. It's just not good. And they fucked up Am I Evil. I don't know how you fuck up that song. It's so simple. But somehow they fucked it up. He counted it in this, you know, after the, the long intro and after the fucking guitar little solo part by itself. It counts off and the guitar comes in on a two count, but one of the guitars waited four counts and came in after. And then I don't know who, I don't know if Hetfield came in late or if Hammett came in late. I don't know. Which is bonkers because one guitar starts and the other one joins him. It's like... Then the other guitar comes... You know, like it's bigger. So, I don't know. They fucked it up. They fucked up that intro and the intro... Was all over the place. It was so sloppy. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. And I just, his kick drums were all over the place. The double bass was clean most of the time, but it would flutter and hiccup here. It was just bad, man. They were out of tune. They were out of tune. Metallica, the biggest band in the world, has uh, a celebrated crew of, 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 of guitar techs and roadies and this immaculate, well-oiled run machine. They were out of tune a couple of times. Um, guitar solo that uh, Kurt Hammett did with a with a slide. One of the songs off a of fucking load or reload, maybe. I don't. I didn't recognize the song, but did this slide guitar solo that just seemed out of key and off. And Hetfield singing the way he does sounds weird, and he would crack his voice here and there, and just was. For being the biggest band on the planet, it just seemed whack. Just didn't seem like the biggest band on the planet. I should be blown away every time they play. And maybe my expectations are way fucking high for that band, you know. But I mean, goddamn, the last fifteen or twenty years, the band has done nothing but disappoint me. My hopes get so high for that band because I held them in such high regard. In the 80s, you know, and um, I mean, they were the fucking head of the pack light years ahead of anybody doing thrash metal. They were the fucking the band to to out thrash. You know what I mean? You know, like when their albums came out, it was like, holy shit, what are they going to do next? You know what I mean? It was just so, so important to metal. And especially thrash metal, and especially the Bay Area, and and I and I give them props. I give the band props because 
they have for the last few years have regularly been doing special one-off shows uh fan club shows and the like for the bay area and for san francisco so like they've been regularly sort of you know saying hey you know hometown here's where uh we're going to fucking, we're going to do a show for you guys here. You know, here's the thing, you know. And of course, tickets are fucking out the fucking, <laughs> out, the, out of control as far as how much they are and shit. But uh, nonetheless, they do give a lot of opportunity to the Bay Area uh, for shows. And I think that's really cool. I appreciate it. As a fan, I appreciate it. But yeah, fucking whack, man. Whack, whack performance. Just pretty pretty bad pretty terrible awful set list terrible fucking set list the worst live version of master of puppets i've ever heard ever it was so bad i could not believe it um but yeah man just just bad just bad and i don't know if it was the mix i don't know if, you know but then i had friends that were there like, oh dude I, I didn't hear a problem i was there i was there dude i didn't hear a problem Clear out your ears and jackass, that shit sucked. Anyway, maybe it just sucked at home. I don't know. Very well could be. Um, So, yeah, that was my Sunday night. And then um, did some, uh, you know, back to work Monday. Did did a show Monday night at Vinny's Bar and Grill. Uh, Mean Dave's monthly show. Um... This was the first one since they remodeled the inside of Vinny's. Uh, fucking t- kind of twice the size of the space. I mean, that's some weird sort of little pockets of whatever's in that building. And um, they opened it all up and put the stage on the other side and really fucking, you know, you can explore the space. There's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more space in there. Uh, and it just makes the comedy show feel like you're performing to even less people you know although we did have a pretty good crowd especially for the for a Vinny show it was a pretty damn good Vinny show um as far as Vinny shows go they kind of run eh, you know and and Dave likes that for some reason my mean Dave loves a sort of uh, I don't know he loves a show that's not very good and I and I let I think he likes it because of what it does to the comics um, the, um, the, the, the hard to win over crowd and everybody not doing all that well. He loves that shit. He loves seeing comics not do well because he's an evil person. And that's why his name is mean Dave. Uh, I did not have a good set. Uh, I started decently strong, but then it just kind of shit the bed. Uh, and I tried to do some crowd work, and I ended up just getting really mean. Like I was said in the letter to Fitzdog, I fucking, I, this guy was wearing a trench coat that was tie dyed, and I was like, "What the fuck are you wearing? That is, you got all the colors. It's tie dyed. It's, it's that's an awful jacket, sir. You know." And um, I go, "What fucked up shakedown street half ass place did you get that? You know." not funny just mean and that's uh that's not good i shouldn't do that so um oh and uh 
And then Tuesday, and I'm only going to mention Tuesday because it was pretty eventful. I worked all day and then had dinner with my cousin out in uh, uh, in San Francisco. And uh, <laughs> I go to his house. Uh, I kind of got there before he did, before he got home from work. And I'm sitting there, and I see him pull up. And uh, I get out of the van. I walk over, you know, happy to see each other. And uh, we, I go in the house real quick, and uh, he was kind of putzing around. And he's like, dude, I'm so hungry. I go, dude, let's go eat. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. You know, like I don't know why he felt like he needed to go inside and do something, but he had nothing to do. Uh, so we jump in the car to go eat, and I said, oh, you know what? Let me get, let me get in the van real quick, and I'll, uh, I forgot a mask. So I go to grab a mask. I unlock the truck or unlock the van, open the door. I put the keys on the seat. I dig around, find a mask, lock the door, close the door, keys. Still on the seat. Like an asshole, I locked my keys in the van again. This is pro- This is like the fourth time since I've had the van that I've locked the keys in there. I get back to his car. I said, I just locked my keys in the van. <laughs> we laughed. We go to eat. I forget. We've eaten at this place before. So my uh, my cousin lives in West Portal, which is in San Francisco, Pretty fucking to-do sort of area. Lots of older homes. But they have this cool little downtown little vibe uh, um, there. And I forget the name of that street. But uh, but there's this cool little Mexican spot. And we went in there and had some dinner. Had a great little burrito. Fuck, I can't remember the place. The name of it. We've eaten there a couple times now. Um, but yeah, then, uh, he called triple a for me, which was rad. And they showed up and, uh, got the keys out lickety split. Although they did tell us it would be 180 minutes before they would get there. And he looked at me and he's like, how long is that? I said, well, that's like an hour and that's a fucking, yeah, dude, that's a long time. That's like three hours. (laughs) He's like, oh shit. He's like, well, I guess you're hanging out, you know? They showed up in 45 minutes, which is great, but goddamn, 180 minutes? Long time to sit there and bullshit with my cousin, but it's it's a fine thing to do. That's uh, uh, He's one of my favorite cousins, that's for sure. We get along swimmingly. Um, lots of laughs. We were laughing. Um, oh, and then, uh, and then yesterday. Yesterday I got done a little early with work, and I thought, you know what? I'm working in San Francisco. I'm in the Mission District. I'm going to get myself a fucking good burrito. Good burrito. Mission San Francisco burrito. And um, I drove a few blocks from where I was working into the heart of the mission. And uh, I was going to go to Puerto Vallarta. But um, the sign said, um, take out and online orders only um and i got confused and i just folded and so i just kept walking and i went around the corner um to um la cumbre la cumbre uh on the sign of la cumbre says home of the mission style burrito so as far as far as anyone else is concerned, and as far as they're concerned, they are the ones that invented the big burrito that everybody else has copied. 
So uh, I got myself a El Pastor Super Burrito. Fucking so good. So tasty. Very, very happy with that. Um, that's the week. Uh, I've been doing a long fucking weekly wrap-up with this shit. I apologize. But hey, what are you going to do? It's it's kind of trips me out how um, how trends sort of come and go, you know, like things that get popular or, 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 or words or terms that end up in the lexicon of things. And um, it, I don't know, it's sort of sort of fascinating in a way. Um, I've been hearing the last couple of years, I've been hearing the. Um, this thing called uh, ASMR, ASMR, uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. Apparently, this is like, I guess people, when they hear certain sounds, it makes their bodies react positive, positively or negatively. Uh, I guess the best example negatively is, you know, fingers on the chalkboard. You know, that, that kind of makes you go, ah. Uh, but there, I guess there are other sounds that make people feel really good or relaxed or whatever. And so um, I've just been hearing that term a lot more. And uh, on the relaxing side of things, it seems like it's people talking really soft and up close to the microphone and getting really close to what's going on. And you can hear, the, you can hear their mouths moving. And you can hear all that stuff. And it's really, apparently, really relaxing for people. I guess only if you got a good voice. If you're talking like this and you're doing the things, probably not very relaxing as I'm doing this. It's just relaxing. I'm doing AMSL, it's what it's called. ASMR. This is ASMR for you from the fucking Mordor. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I guess I don't know if I've ever heard something that's made me that's you know sent that shiver up and down my spine in a positive way. Um, I don't know, and and, and as tuned in as I f- feel like I am into sound, I just don't think that. Um, I don't know. I've never. I've never heard something. I'm like, ooh, that's, uh. I mean, I've definitely, there's music that'll put me in a mood or I'll put something on to relax, but it's never like what this scene, this trend of, of audio stuff, um, and what people are tapping into, you know? I mean, it'll even be like, you know, you know, like, you know, paper getting, this is a, 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 a an old paper towel. I mean, is that doing it for you? Is that getting you there? I mean, not that it needs to get you there for a you know in in a sexual way, but is that a, is that? Here, here in my fucking. Sweaty, greasy mitts fucking <laughs> wipe around on the paper towel. 
I don't know. I think it's fucking weird. It don't do nothing for me, but I've been hearing that shit a lot lately. <sighs> Whatever. Um. All right, I want to play this for you. Uh, this is now. We all got our fucking things that when you see them or you hear them, it's like, ah, oh, man, it's fucking Christmas, yo! It's Christmas. You know what I mean? You get that feeling. You get that. There's just that niceness. That 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 the Yuletide cheer, the uh, the the warm and fuzziness that is the holiday season, the 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 smiles on the kids' faces, the fucking the meals, the family, the, the fucking candy and cookies and everything that's just good, fun, um, heartwarming, um, warm and fuzzy feeling that is that is Christmas uh, for most people. For some people, it's a time of fucking depression, and it's a time of, um, you know, thinking about things that have that you've lost and family members that aren't here anymore, and fuck, we can't celebrate with fucking dad anymore because he's not here, and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And 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 for those people, I I I'm empathetic, and I I feel um, I wish the holidays would bring you the you know bring you the joy that it usually brings me i usually don't i don't get down about the people that aren't here that aren't celebrating the holiday with us anymore um cuz life is as it is and people die and um you know time keeps going and if you're here you got to i feel like you just got to enjoy what what's here and what you got going on and and make the best of of what you got and it sucks that, that that some folks aren't around, but you know, you know, cancer's a bitch, and fucking emphysema is a motherfucker, and you know, car crashes, and you know, <laughs> natural disasters, and whatever. Just it's fucking awful. Awful shit happens, and it takes people out. But that shouldn't. I don't know. I just I I've never had that shit make it so the holidays suck. You know what I mean? And to be honest, the past few holidays have kind of sucked. You know, not being able to see family because of the fucking Rona and, and the pandemic. Uh, not being able to do what you usually do, go see lights or go fuck, you know what I mean? Just, there's this, you know, there hasn't been, there hasn't been that stamp of, hey, this is the holiday season, boom, for me. Until I listened to this thing. And uh, actually, I haven't listened to it, but knowing that it's there made me very happy. Because I remember hearing this every year on the radio on uh, when it used to be KSJO, which is the old rock station that was out of San, out of San Jose, 92.3. Um, the morning team of Lamont and Tonelli, uh, who are now on uh, 107.7 The Bone, which is the other rock station in the Bay Area. They sort of took over when uh, uh, KSJO sort of went under and turned into a fucking banda station, I think, there for a minute. I don't know what they play now. But um, these guys have been on the radio for fucking... I remember when I first started listening to them and I was in high school, I remember they were celebrating their fifth anniversary as a morning team. And like I said, I was in high school. And... I think 
shit, 2022 will be our 30, would be, if we have a reunion, it'll be our 30th year reunion for the class of 92. So these guys have been on the fucking air for 35 years, if not longer. And, uh, and I, once in a while I'll catch their radio show and I'm like, God damn, these assholes are still doing the exact same shit that they were doing 30 years ago. Um, you know, just middle-aged boomer men fucking, uh, you know, well, I guess over boomer, not even middle-aged fucking older. I'm middle-aged now. You know, these are, these cats are, I think in their fucking late fifties probably. And yeah, doing the same, same old fucking dad humor, you know? So, um, but every year they would play this. And when I would hear it, I go, yeah, fucking Christmas, yo. And um, this, I don't know, for me, this is Christmas. So I I play for you. Um, ah, fuck, where is it? I'm sorry. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Let's get this pulled up. Let's get this pulled up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the classic... Santa Claus and His Old Lady by none other than Cheech and Chong. Enjoy. Mama, mamacita, donde esta Santa Claus? The vato with a bony knees He's coming down the street with no shoes on his feet And he's going to... No, no, that ain't it Mama, mamacita, donde esta Santa Claus? The guy with the hair on his jaws in Hey, man, come over here, man. I need some help, man. Yeah, man, I can dig that. Like, uh, what are you doing, man? I'm trying to write a song about Santa Claus, man, but it's not coming about out. About who, man? man? About Santa Claus, man. You know Santa Claus, oh, man? Oh, yeah, man. I played yeah, with those dudes, help, man. man. What? Yeah, last year at the Fillmore, man. Me and you the bass player sat in, man. Oh, oh hey, man, you think Santa Claus is a groove, huh? No, it's not a groove, man. Would they break up, man? Oh, no, man, it's one guy, man. You know, he had, he had a red suit on, man, with black pant leather shoes. You know the guy. Hey, man. Oh, yeah. He's with Motown, ain't he? No, man. Yeah, he's I play not... with that dude, oh. too. Man. <laughs> no, yeah, he's man. a good singer, man. No, no. Hold on, man. He's not with Motown, man. Well, then he's with Buddha, man. No. Oh, man. You don't know who Santa Claus is, man. Yeah, well, I'm not from here, man. Like, I'm from Pittsburgh, man. I don't know too many local dudes. Oh, I see. Well, hey, man. Sit back and relax, and I'll tell you the story about Santa Claus, man. Listen. Once upon a time, about five years ago, there was this groovy dude, and his name was Santa Claus, you know? And he used to live over in the projects with his old lady. And they had a pretty good thing together because his old lady was really fine, and, and she could cook and all that stuff like that, you know? Like, she made the best brownies in town, man. Oh, I could remember them now, man. I could eat one of them, man. Wow. Oh, wow. Did you know these people, man? Oh, yeah, man. They used to live next door to me, you know, until they got kicked out, man. What, they got kicked out of the projects, man? Yeah, you know what happened, man? They used to live with all these midgets, you know? And the midgets used to make a lot of noise, you know, like... 
pounding and hammering and pounding all night, man. Wow. Typical freaks. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. They were really freaks, man. As a matter of fact, they all moved up north together, you know? Oh, they have to go get their head together, man. <laughs> yeah, get their head together. Man. And they started a, a commune, you know? It was called the uh, Santa Claus and His Old Lady Commune. It was a real famous one up there, man. And, and they used to sit around and groove all the time, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> really good time, man. Hey, they that sounds eat heavy. The, yeah, eat the brownies, man. They drink the tea, man. And, and what they did most of the time, though, was make a lot of goodies, you know? Oh, yeah. And they had everything they needed. They only needed to come into town maybe once a year or something like that. Pick know? up the welfare check and the food stamp. <laughs> yeah. Man. No, no, what they did, man, is once a year, when they made all the goodies, you know, they used to put them in a big chopping bag, and then they used to take the chopping bag and deliver them to all the boys and girls all the way around the world, hey, man. Hey, well, that's it, man. Yeah, that sounds real nice. Groovy. Oh, yeah, they were really nice people, man. And so much class, man, they had so much class, you know, like like even take the way they used to deliver the toys, you know. It's like Santa Claus used to have this really sharp short, man, you know. It was lowered to the ground at twice pipes, candy apple red, button tuck, ooh, clean. Man, that sounds like a hip snowmobile, <laughs> man. No, no, it wasn't a snowmobile, it was a sled, you know. One of those big sleds, you know. And he, and he used to have it pulled by some reindeers, you know, like reindeers. Some what, man? Some reindeers, you know. He used to hook them onto the sled, and then he used to stand up inside the sled and hold onto the reins, and then call out their names, like, On Donner, On Blissen, On Chewy, On Tavo, come on, Beto. And then the reindeers used to take off into the sky and fly across the sky, man. Wow, man, that's far out, man. <laughs> yeah, and then when they fly across the sky, they used to come down to places like, oh, Chicago, L.A., Nueva York, and Pacoima, and all those places, you know, and then land on top of people's roofs, and then old Santa Claus would make himself real small, you know, like a real small guy, and he'd come down the chimney, and then he would give you all the stuff that he made, man, and dig this, man, he did it all in one night, man. Hey, just a minute, man, now how'd he do that, man? Oh, well, man, he took the freeway. How else, man? No, man. <laughs> no, man. How did he do all that other stuff, man? Like, how did he make himself small, man? And how did he, like, how did he get the reindeer off the ground, man? Oh, well, man, he had some magic dust, man. Some magic dust? Yeah, magic dust. You know, he used to give a little bit to the reindeer, a little bit to Santa Claus, a little bit more for Santa Claus, a little bit more. And this would get the reindeer off, man? Oh, got him off, man. Are you kidding me? They flew all the way around the world, man. <laughs> hey, that's far out, man. Hey, how come I've never met this dude, man? Oh, man, he doesn't do that bit anymore, man. It got too dangerous. Man. Yeah, I can dig that, man, because that's a dangerous bit, man. Yeah, let me tell you, it sure was, man. Like, just two years ago, man, he got stopped at the border, you know, and they took him into another room and took off his clothes, man, and searched him and searched his bag of goodies, man. And then when he was leaving, man, he was flying through the air, somebody took a shot at his reindeer, you know? Oh, that's a drag. Yeah, man. it really was, man. And then, man, he went down south, man, and they tried to cut off his hair and his beard, man. And all the time he was getting stopped and pulled over and asked for his ID, man. Just just everywhere he went, he ran into too much recession, man. No, man, you mean he ran into too much repression, man. A repression, recession, man. It's all the same thing, man. Yeah, man. It's a drag, man, because we could sure use a dude like that right now. 
You know, oh, he still comes around, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but, but he comes in disguises now. Oh, he went underground. Yeah, huh? underground, man. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. Hey, but you want to see his disguise, man? Nobody would ever know it was him, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's got a job in front of the department store, ringing this bell and playing this tambourine next to this black pot, you know? Oh, I seen the dude. Yeah, man. you know who I'm talking about, yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. I played with that cat last year, man. Yeah, we played in front of a store, man. We made a lot of bread. Oh, hey, wait a minute, man. Santa Claus is not a musician, man. I'm hip, man. That cat didn't know any tunes, man. (laughs) Oh, hey, wait a minute, man. No, he's not into that at all, man. No, I played with this dude. Are you sure, man? I mean, nothing, nothing says the holidays to me like hearing that shit, man. That's That's just comedy gold, man. That is comedy gold. Cheech and Chong, Santa Claus and his old lady for your holiday cheer. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get done. Earworm of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for checking out the podcast. Um, I hope you have a good Christmas. I hope you have a good holiday. I hope everything is good in your world. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, I'm going to try to line up some guests and uh, talk to some folks. Uh, I know I've said that before, and schedules and my not wanting to bother—excuse uh, me, not wanting to bother anybody—is pretty much the reason why we haven't had any um, any guests. Uh, but I have, you know. I have asked a few folks, and they've all said yes. It's just uh, locking it down and making it happen is um, has been the issue. Um, all right, this week's uh, earworm of the week. Um, um, how can I describe this? Um, so uh, I got turned on to this dude. Uh, why I was up at Cal State Hayward. Um, this uh, so when I was at Cal State Hayward, and you know the the other percussionists that were in there with me, uh, some of them uh, being pretty uh, pretty heavy jazz dudes uh, in the you know in the bop bebop and uh, and jazz fusion. Uh, this was a guy that uh, they were big fans of. In fact. Um, Big enough fans of this guy that they were able to get him to come to the school and do a few clinics. Uh, I think twice this dude uh, came, uh, twice while I was there, came and did clinics at uh, at Cal State Hayward. Uh, Cal State East Bay, which is the most sellout fucking name ever. Goddamn Cal State Hayward. Um, I'm talking about Mike Stern. Mike Stern is a, um, I believe he's from New York. Uh, jazz fusion guitar player, um, just a fucking monster, monster, just very, um, I mean, chops for days, but just cool melodies and, uh, a really cool rhythmic sense. Um, and, uh, he played, um, played with the Brecker brothers for a while. Um, ah, fuck who he played with somebody else before that. Uh, I want to say he might have even. No, that was McLaughlin. 
I th- I want to say he played with Miles Davis for a stretch, but I could have that totally wrong. Um, and I should have looked the shit up so I'd have it in my mind a little bit better. But uh, anyway, I've always dug this dude. Um, he sort of looks like um, uh, fucking Nigel from Spinal Tap in a way. The way his hair is always in that sort of like Jeff Beck sort of hairstyle. He's always sort of had it. Um, he's still around. In fact, he's playing, um, I think he's playing Yoshi's here coming up in January. Or maybe he's already played. I don't remember. But um, anyway, this song, legit earworm of the week. This song got stuck in my head this week. It's a fucking really cool, um, uh, kind of slow-tempoed uh, jazz fusion sort of joint. Almost almost kind of funk, like a slow funk. Uh, this song is called uh, You Never Know. And these are instrumentals. This is just... You know, there's no vocals on his stuff. Although he is the what he the tour he's on right now, I believe he does have a vocalist. I don't know what dude's singing. I don't. You know, maybe they got a record with some vocals. I don't know. But um, anyway, you remember the week this week? Uh, Mike Stern, a song called "You Never Know" off of the Between the Lines record, and I believe this record came out in 1996. Uh, so a little bit different. Uh, a little bit different earworm than what you usually hear here on the Sean Boyles podcast. Thank you for checking me out. Um, I'm going to try next week and do a music wrap-up, like things that I heard this year that caught my attention that I want to give props to. Um, I, I That's what I want to do. I don't know if I will do it because I don't know if I've actually – tapped into enough newer stuff this year to warrant a end-of-the-year roundup musically, to be honest. Um, in fact, everything I think I have heard lately, um, I've, I've already featured on the podcast uh, in past episodes. So maybe, uh, maybe we just do a fucking... If I really had my shit together, I'd go through all the fucking podcasts and, 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 and put together clips... But that, how narcissistic is that for me as a podcaster that does podcasts by myself to put together a greatest hits clip show of the year's podcast? Because who's judging that? It would be just me judging that. Oh, this is a good one. Look, Listen to what I said. Yeah, I was funny this day. Yeah, not going to do that. Um, but I think I might want to do a... Um, a music recap but we will see how it goes it might just be another fucking just a regular old podcast uh anyway be good keep it dirty and i'll check you dick knuckles out next week ho 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 bitches
Fuck Staten Avenue.